Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Hardcore Listing, the podcast. Hello and welcome to Hardcore Listing Podcast. I'm the better half of your presenting duo. I am Stuart Roy Whiffin of Essex. Essex, is Essex, is, why is Essex not, anyway, I'll, I'll get into that in, uh, well, in a moment. Well. I just went off on a fucking tangent in your head. there. Um, and uh, joining me as ever, uh, Christopher uh, Williams. The worst Lesson. one. How are you? The worst one yeah. of the team. Yeah. I'm all right, mate. I am my I'm, I, I was late today, so um, I am the worst one of the two. But then you messed up the intro. Uh, uh, and what, what, and what, what, what was your reason? Getting, getting a, uh, some no, girls no, no, and boys no, out no. of bed. <laughs> it sounds a lot weirder than it were, it were, it is. Yeah, they're all, um, they're yeah, all adults. I mean, if you've made it all right in your... All oh, right, just to clarify that. Good, good. Because like, I know what the listeners were thinking. <laughs> Come as no surprise. <laughs> Um, anyway, before we do anything and introduce today's yes. guest, uh, let's get a word from our sponsors. Bangboomcreative.com. That's where you need to go for the very best in film and photography work. Yes, yes. Luke and his team over at Bang Boom have been proud sponsors of ours for a few years now, and we can tell you two things about them. One, their stuff is bloody excellent. They've produced content for the smallest charities to the biggest commercial brands, and it's always Bang on. Yeah, it works. We've seen Luke deliver an epic cinema advert for Pip, amazing photo shoots for the Two Girls One Shot podcast, made the girls look incredible, and of course he's done loads of great stuff for us, great visuals, loads on Instagram. The one he did of me as an Ewok was proper good. And secondly, well, they're just bloody nice people. Uh, Lovely to work with. Lots of companies can kind of take pictures and film something, but not everyone can do it with the sort of passion and, and just ruddy kindness that sets Luke and Bang Boom apart from all the others. So if you need some great visuals from a truly excellent company, please go check out bangboomcreative.com. Proud sponsors of the Hardcore Listening Podcast. The world can seem like a strange and sometimes dangerous place, but with Summer Academy helping you with your martial arts training, you'll always feel safe. Dangerous loners are everywhere and usually come across as friendly members of your community. They can be simply doing DIY during the day and podcasting at night. The dangerous loner. They could also be running a well-known nightclub at the same time. Their cloven hoof is scraping behind you. Wrenchy's Simon James has been training karate for over 32 years and teaching for 28. 
He knows through first-hand experience that martial arts can give you the stress release you've been looking for, as well as teaching life lessons and fitness, and of course, more importantly, peace. At Sama, we teach karate, kickboxing, tai chi, and MMA to all ages, from children as young as four-year-olds to the very elderly, even Shu. Rude. Uh, they can cater for all your needs, from just general fitness uh, or a new hobby right the way through to a career in teaching martial arts. They run corporate training days for companies to have as team building exercises as well as local self-defence classes. They even teach a parent and baby self-defence course. That's defence whilst carrying your child, not defence against maniac murder babies. There is absolutely no defence against them. Be aware of that. Chris, where can people find out more about the Sama Academy? Yes, you can find out everything you need over at sama-academy.co.uk. That's S-A-M-A-academy.co.uk. And maybe you'll become a black belt just like me. Uh, hello, this is uh, Chiles, um, Chaz from Love Beer. Uh, and, and I'm here to tell you about why I sponsor uh, Hardcore Listening and what, what love-beer.co.uk does. Uh, I am a fully certified by the British Beer and Pubs Association for bar installation with a focus on home and office bars. I have loads of home bar clients who have really enjoyed the service during lockdown as well as corporate office clients like Facebook and HelloFresh. I offer a complete solution from installing the bar equipment right the way through to keg supply. I also offer regular maintenance packages for those who want a bar without all the hassle. Hello, this is Charles also from Love Beer. I just want to also let you know I'm fully licensed to sell kegs. We can supply loads of different products from mainstream beers and ciders right through to trendy craft beers and even Prosecco kegs, all delivered to your bar by a certified technician. Also, why I'm here... Have I mentioned the Land Rover Beeries 3, which is a 45-year-old XMOD Land Rover Series 3 that we have done a complete restoration on during lockdown? The 3 Beeries 3 is a custom-built, high-performance bar hidden in the back of a Land Rover. The bar we have installed is capable of doing upwards of 500 pints per hour. We're about four to five weeks off having it all back together and ready to show it off. And I'll be launching an Instagram for it this week. Nice one, Charles. Nice one. There you go. Lovely sponsors. Um, how are you doing today, Glass? Yeah, right? I'm really good, actually. Um, just a quick DIY update. I know all our listeners, that's what they tune in for every week. Uh, it's good that everything is going well. <laughs> so today's guest... Uh, how are you? How are you, though, mate? Are you okay as well? I'm still deaf in one ear. This is weird. Very weird, isn't it? Do you, it is do you want to tell like everyone? Headphone. You've told people before why you get a blocked ear, haven't you? It's so gross. Yeah. Have you told it is this, really the listeners, gross. or do you not want to? Yeah, I don't I'll mind. Go on then, tell them. I mean, you, you, but, I mean, we've discussed your penis at length, <laughs> yeah. and I mean, and the work <laughs> yeah. like a lot. So to talk about the fact that uh, I get uh, eczema in my ear, <laughs> uh, ain't, <laughs> ain't no, ain't no, ain't no great shapes compared to your part one dinkle, um, but. Uh, yeah, and like every now and again, I, I was away a couple of weekends ago, and the hotel had a bath, and I like instead of a shower, and like like most people, I guess, like I'm just a shower kind of guy these days, and I thought, oh, I'm gonna have a bath, and then my head went under the water, and so I'd, I'd had a little shave in the bath, like so I just kind of put my head under the water to wash off the suds, mm. 
and then I just felt water going my ear roll, and I thought, oh no, I know what's going to happen now. And uh, yeah, two weeks was ago. Was you one of those I'm lads at like, school who had to wear earplugs to go swimming? Did you wear a swimming hat and an athlete's foot sock? Did you have all those? Did you have all the gear? Uh, I don't know if I had an athlete's foot sock. I know a lot of people had Veruca socks. Oh, sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, did you have one of those? Yeah. If you're gonna make, if you're gonna make jokes, <laughs> get them right. Fair, fair point. Otherwise, they're not very funny. Fair point. Um, uh, no, I weren't. I, I was. I weren't a sickly kid. Like, um, and I, I, you know, touch wood. I never really get ill, but I've got ex-moomy ear rolls, and uh, every now and again it, it goes flares up. It's doing my fucking head in. I'm not going to lie. Like, um, yeah, it was really weird being at a club last night, and I just, yeah, I'm deaf in one ear at the moment. It's really weird. I'm on antibiotics now. Though. I went to the doctors last night. Mm. Oh, check this out. This I completely forgot mm. about this. So I go and see this like late night doctor at this clinic. Wait, what? And. Okay. Uh, because I couldn't get an emergency appointment, okay. I thought yeah, I gave it a while for it to uh, for it to clear up. So I thought, in the end, I thought, right, I'm just going to go and get some meds, and uh, and so uh, when I turn up at like twenty to nine last night, mm-hmm. right, uh, I walk into this little clinic around the corner of me. And I go, um, uh, yeah, uh, hello, I've got an appointment at uh, eight forty, and the woman goes, oh yeah, the the, the doctor tried to call you, uh, and I was like, ah, oh, what? And I went, no. I said, I've got no missed calls. Mm. Uh, I said, like, don't cancel it. I said, like, I, I need to get some meds for my ear. I said, it's really sore mm. and, and I can't hear. And uh, and then the doctor come out and he went, Stuart? Mm. And I went, yep. He went, come in. I went, he went, I'll see you. I went, oh, okay. So he sat down uh, with me and we was sort of chatting away and he's giving me some antibiotics. And he went... How do you think I knew your name? <laughs> like, cause you weren't the one that I was going to see. Mm. And I went, uh, I don't know if I've seen you before. I mean, I'd never go to the, d- the doctors. Mm. So I was thinking, you, ain't, you don't know me. Chariots. Uh, and uh, turns out he listened to hardcore. <laughs> really? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm just like, <laughs> the doctor listens to hardcore. Listen. <laughs> that is no, you're thinking, I hope you didn't take tragic. a prescription off that arsehole. Like, <laughs> I'd have been like, I'd have been like, well, if you listen to us, there's no way I'm, I'm trusting anything you do or say. Uh, well, th- thanks, Doc. Did you? Uh, can you? Can you shout shout out his name? I guess, guess not. Can you? No, no. Let's let, oh, let's, right. let's well, not. Thank you very much uh, for helping uh, my I, I just think if any uh, higher ranking medical professionals uh, know him <laughs> uh, and realise that uh, he spends his downtime listening to this shower of shit, <laughs> he'll probably get struck off. <laughs> anyway. Sitting there, uh, quiet as a mass, um, is today's guest, Tom Davis. Hello. Hello, mate. How are you doing? We're good, mate. We're good. We've been um, talking on and off for ages about getting this one uh, finally in and recorded. Um, it's a pleasure to have you here. Um, before we do anything and get into today's top five, you're a fellow podcaster, so take this opportunity to tell our listeners all about your podcast first. Oh, mate, thank you very much. Um, yeah, thank you for having me, first off. Um, Pleasure. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so my podcast is called uh, The Problem Mental Podcast, and every week I chat to someone about a different aspect of uh, mental health, mental illness, mental well-being, and um, yeah, sometimes that's kind of like a lived experience thing, and someone will guide me through their particular journey or story. Sometimes we just sort of dig down into some of the things that are 
are good for mental health, you know, um, whether that would be like uh, medication or meditation or yoga, things like that. Um, sometimes we do some like stigma related episodes. So get into the stuff that can really complicate something that's already very complicated, whether that be like um, race or gender identity, sexual identity, those sorts of things. And the idea really is to just kind of like just normalize these these really like open and quite deep conversations um, and shine a little light on maybe the things that people don't realize about mental health and mental illness. And, you know, some of the things that don't get talked about as much, um, you know, whether that's a specific illness and stuff like that. And I suppose really I should add that it's not a it's not a grief cast. It's not trauma porn. You know, it's not about um, just people telling these really horrible situations for an hour that's not very nice to listen to you know we have a lot of fun with it and yep do sometimes go to those places but it's very much focused on um, on hope and discussion and education and, and that sort of thing really but yeah that's that's it that's probably mental isn't it is it tom um correct me if i'm wrong isn't it better just to keep yourself bottled up inside yourself and never discuss it yeah definitely and if you if it is possible to man up you should just do that at all times yeah Oh man, that, oh, it, yeah. So, going on about so, it. Oh, don't feel too good in my head. Um, here, he, here he goes again. <laughs> oh, Tom, it's wicked, man. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a great podcast. And um, it's something that, I mean, me and Stu, I think we've been very lucky to have as really, even within this podcast, obviously we talk a lot of uh, nonsense and stuff, but I feel it very cathartic to, to be able to just like uh, sometimes have guests on like yourself or uh, even just me and Stu when we talk. And just get just get our shit out there sometimes, and I feel like very comfortable doing it on a podcast. I mean, I'm happy to talk about my foreskin, so mental health, I guess, has never been too much of a problem. Oh, sorry, is my beard rubbing on my mic? Excuse me. Yeah. There we, <coughs> there we go. So yeah, well, thanks for coming on, mate. And um, I guess this will be a nice segue into what you've picked for a top five today. Yeah, sure. So I'm kind of I'm not like trained in mental health in any sort of way um i've got my own lived experience which is kind of where the where the show came from and i've found myself in a position now where i've had like you know 70 plus conversations with about everything we've gone everywhere with all sorts of incredible people and something that i've started to learn over this process is that things that are really good for mental health like keep coming up you know certain things just keep coming up in different ways in different words from different people kept coming back up and back up and a lot of it I'd never even thought of in relation to mental health. Mm. So I was thinking if you went out like on the street and did a survey or whatever and asked people like what are the top five things that are beneficial for mental health, they'd all say things like, um, you know, you could predict it probably exercise, nature, nutrition, sleep, all this sort of stuff. And it's very, very valid, and very, very important. But I've been chatting to people about all these other things that I never thought of in relation to mental health. So I wanted to do like a top five things that are good for your mental health that maybe you haven't thought of in, in this in this life that's that's excellent man that that's 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 really cool um and you said that's why that was associated with why you started the the podcast in the first place how, how did it come about so i i struggled with my mental health well i now know after a lot of therapy that i've struggled with my mental health probably since my teens if not before but um i had a kind of uh, breakdown between 2016 and 2017 um and it was after the birth of my son and although it kind of there's a lot of aspects of postnatal stuff there that was more the straw that broke the camel's mm. back you know i wasn't doing very well and that one big life event kind of just sort of blew the doors off and as part of my journey to recovery um well i spent a, f a couple of years pretending i was recovering and i wasn't i ended up having another breakdown but you know that's a we'll probably get to that story i'm sure but um as part of my my journey i felt i didn't say anything to anyone at all 
And I thought if I if I spoke out loud, if I told anyone what I was experiencing, that my wife would leave me, that uh, my children would get taken away from me, that people wouldn't want to come and work with me and my business mm. would go under. And I kept all this this just locked down, you know. And it was only when I started to get some help and I saw someone else um, with, with quite a big profile talking on Instagram on Mental Health Day about their own experience. And this guy's like a, a mega athlete, you know, and he's so mentally strong and physically strong. And I was like, wow, this guy's like the strongest bloke ever. And he can sit here and tell that story. And I started thinking, maybe I need to kind of be a bit more open about this stuff, you know, and I thought about it a lot and I didn't do anything at the time. I banked it. I just sat on that for about a year. And when I was in the right place to be able to revisited i just remembered that feeling of hearing someone have that conversation and how for the first time in a long time i didn't feel lonely i didn't feel isolated and that's kind of where the podcast came from really is to like normalize these conversations and to be really really relatable you know so people listening and they think oh that's a bit of me or that's not a bit of me or that's what's going on in my head or you know like all these little things because when you're mentally ill it's so lonely it's just the loneliest loneliest thing and even if someone listens for like, you know, one episode and just for like an hour out of their day, they just feel a little bit seen. Sometimes that hour can, it can buy you another week, you know, like, um, so yeah, that's kind of where it, where it came from, from my own experiences of just, yeah, learning to be, to be able to talk and to listen to these sorts of things, really. There can be one nugget that you hear from someone um, in these sort of conversations that actually really sets the seed for recovery and, and helping you except to come to terms, talk about it and all that stuff. But, I mean, all the things you said about, you know, worrying about what other people are going to think, it's, they're so understandable as well. All those things you said, like you're worrying about your wife or your kids or your work, they're just real understandable, like, worries that you have. But that in the end, it kind of like, it's, you know... It doesn't. It's not a long-term solution to not to not do anything about it as well, because it because all that stuff will happen if actually you don't do something about it. It'll be it weirdly become like an <laughs> yeah. inverse. It'll become a self-fulfilling prophecy in in a way because it it, exactly it, 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 chew, it chews you out, doesn't it? I mean, I, 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 you know, we me, me and Shivol talked about our, our moments of, of struggling, and um, it does eat you out. It does. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. You, you eventually some have to find a way to cope, and you know. There's light at the end of the tunnel, you know. Yeah, very much so. You know, it's very, uh, you know, hope's really important. It's, you know, like people can, you can be okay, you know, and you don't feel like it when you're poorly. You don't, don't feel like it. And like I say, I was so scared that I was going to put all these people were going to leave me. And in reality, they weren't going to leave me. I was pushing them away, you know. And like one of the, the most downloaded episodes I've done is, is one with my wife. And we kind of go through my journey, but from her perspective. Um, and everything I kind of like put her and the family through and how she would look at things. And, um, you know, and we got so many messages and texts and people sending emails and stuff, because in mental health, we always talk about the person who's suffering. We never talk about how that affects the people around that person. And there was so many people wrote in and said, oh, that happened to my husband or my partner or my brother or whatever. And it, it really hit home. And, um, but yeah, the, the effect that it has on other people, when you try and keep it all to yourself, you think you're protecting you and you think you're protecting them, but the chances are you, you, you're hurting mm. like everyone involved in the conversation. Should we start the five? Let's do it. Yeah, man. Let's do it. So, Number five, Tom. <laughs> so these aren't any, they're not in any particular order and there is no hierarchy. Um, I'd like to put a caveat on it. The caveats are really important when talking about mental health. You know, I, I'm not, I'd never tell anyone what to do. And I describe looking after your mental health is like a puzzle 
and everyone's got to find their own pieces. And maybe my puzzle is a hundred pieces and maybe you guys have a 50 piece and a 20 piece, you know, and out of those pieces, maybe 10 for me are exercise and five for you are something else, you know, and it's about putting all those together and, and, and making them fit. And I would hate for anyone to think I'm saying, oh, you have to do this mm. and you have to do that. Sure. But um, so, yeah, so these are just five things that come to me. So the first one, I wanted to start with this first for a specific reason, because as a fan of the podcast, I know how much Chris likes to talk about wanking. And my first one... <laughs> I've had a few is, chats um, is, about it this morning already. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and, and the first one is self-love and learning to love yourself. And I thought, well, that'll let, that'll, I'll throw Chris a bone on that. <laughs> <And> we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll start with this idea of, of self-love. But um, when I was struggling with my mental health, and this is really, really common, I turned on myself. And I would say the most awful, awful yeah. things about myself. Mm. And that just became the norm. That's how I talked about myself. That's how I thought about myself. And that kind of got me thinking, well, where, do, where does this come from? You know, because it's really common. And so many of us in this life, even if they haven't struggled with mental health, have really low self-esteem, you know, and we're sort of, we're surrounded by these you know, like advertising, advertising tells you that you're less than, so you spend money on products to make you feel more than, right? That's how it mm, works. Yeah, so we're bombarded absolutely. by these messages. And anytime you try and like have a, a celebratory attitude towards yourself, which you should do because we're, so, you know, people are doing amazing things. Um, that's not encouraged. It's seen mm. as being like arrogant or being boastful. And, you know, how many times have you, you've done something you're really, really proud of. And then you've gone to tell a mate and you've said, oh, I've done this thing. And oh, it's probably a bit shit and downplayed it, you know, or, you know, I've, how did your marathon go? Oh, it, it was good, yeah, but, you know, I, it was a bit of a shit time, but it was all right. It's like, well, you know, you trained for that for a year. It's an incredible thing. Don't, like, downplay it. Um, so for me, I didn't do very well at school, and it's only because I didn't fit the school system, right? So society's metric for what intelligence means, that just didn't work for me. I didn't know that, you know, there's other metrics to measure intelligence, and I used to say stuff about myself, like, mm. you know, like, oh, I didn't do very well in school because I'm thick. You know, that's that was kind of my thing. Then that became a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I'd make decisions yeah. based on me thinking I wasn't very yeah. clever and I chose like jobs that didn't challenge me or put myself in situations where I'd do something really fucking stupid and I could just say, well, it's because I'm thick. And over time, that voice changed. And I told myself I was thick so much until I believed it. And then the tone of that voice changed. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, I'm thick. I didn't get any GCSEs. It was, you're fucking thick, mate. You know? And then that your fucking thick became your fucking worthless. And it just got worse and worse and worse. And I described my mental health as like death by a thousand paper cuts. It wasn't one yeah. thing. It was loads of little things. And that was one of them, how I talked to myself. And yeah. I talked to myself down into this pit of despair. And when I got there, because I didn't love myself, I couldn't, I didn't think I was worthy of help. So I didn't ask for it, you know? And I think if we can learn to talk and think positively about ourselves and learn to love ourselves then you can start to show compassion for yourself and if you start to show compassion for yourself and accept your flaws and accept your mistakes you know it makes it really really easier to navigate the world and if you learn to show compassion for yourself you can start to show compassion for other people but you can't be compassionate for other people if you're not compassionate for yourself it doesn't work like that and that all starts with this concept of of, of self-love, of trying to speak more positively to yourself, of trying to love and appreciate yourself more with the risk of outsounding like a massive hippie. That's, uh, yeah, that's kind of where, where I'm going with, with the whole self-love thing. Yeah. yeah I, Absolutely. Um, I, I had the internal negative dialogue. That's a lot where mine came from was that, just that constant build up <clears throat> of just battering myself. 
and um, I feel so I feel so much inter- I, I, externally I look a, a dishevelled wreck right now internally I feel pretty good about myself <laughs> like, like I, I've, I've learned I, I feel so more and it was a gradual process but I certainly feel that my, my girlfriend says it all the time she's like you really, nothing not a lot rattles you and how, how I feel and how I think and, and, and I don't worry about what others think anymore and it's not because I don't care about other people or that I don't want to help or make people feel good around me and, and everyone have a better time I'm just not I just don't I just have enough I feel self confident and assured enough now that it's it's that you know I have flaws and I'm like again like you were saying like I've I've learned to be kind to myself and go yeah no I do mess these certain things up and certain things I'm never particularly very good at and some things I'm really good at but I've learned to be okay with all of that now and then therefore I'm not really I don't worried so much if someone has a bad opinion of me and I don't know, I think that's all involved into it. I guess it's slightly different, but yeah. It starts from a yeah, point I mean, once you can be confident and happy with yourself and you can be kind to yourself, I think that's a, the, the cornerstone, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And you have to learn. We're not taught it at school. You know, we're not. And like I said, we're bombarded by these societal messages. Everyone's mm. like doesn't want to big themselves up in case they get seen as being arrogant. It's quite British. What's considered a good... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's considered like, um, you know, good is in these like little boxes. So, mm. you know, if it's outside of the norm, then it's not considered a, a good achievement and it should be. And, you know, we talk about self-care. Self-care is so important to looking after your mental health. You're not going to care for yourself if you don't love yourself. You know, when I hate myself, I did nothing good for me ever. I never did anything. I didn't think I deserved it. It just wasn't on my radar to take a step back from life and say, Do you know what? I deserve a you know, I deserve an afternoon on the couch to eat chocolate and watch my favourite TV show. Well, I didn't do stuff like that because it was it, I, I hated myself. And if you, yeah, it's all about you have to learn how to do it. It's not it's not a natural thing. It should be in us, and I think society takes it out. And um, you do have to learn. It's a learned process, and you have to practice it every day. And uh, Chris, you mentioned before that sometimes it just takes one nugget that completely like changes everything. And, I remember being in a therapy session and saying to my therapist, you know, like these are the, some of the things I say to myself every day. You know, it's like living with the school bully in your own head. Mm. And he said to me, um, he said, how would you feel if someone else said those things to you? And I'd like, oh, I'd be, I'd be miserable. I'd be angry. I'd be upset. And he said, why are you saying them to yourself? And that's such a like a classic saying. But at that time, I'd never heard of it. And I've never thought of it in that context. And it was the, the, one of those moments where your brain just goes, yeah, of course, I need to stop talking to myself like this you know that's it's brilliant a therapist said to me uh, a similar sort of things like imagine seven-year-old you and if seven-year-old you was having those thoughts what would you say to seven-year-old you and i'd be like i'd, I'd come up with all these all the the great things about you and, and 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 not to listen and that's not how you should treat yourself and he's like and, and then my therapist is like why 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 is that any different now you're 27 i think i was at the time why, why is that different now? yeah man. it's like yeah. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely true. <laughs> like, yeah. why you, live, why you live in fucking misery? Hug. Why, why? I mean, it sounds it's such a stupid. I, I, I'm not trying to, um, I, I'm not trying to marginalise it or say it's easy to pull yourself out of it. It isn't, and I'm not trying to say that it does. It's not going to take some degree of work. But what's you know, living in misery is not. It's it's not. It's not fun. And like you say, it, it, it doesn't. Um, if you can't love yourself, it's going to be very sh- difficult for you to you know for that to permeate into the people around you and you and everyone is is, everyone is valued you know everyone is fucking excellent in you know in their own way just got they just got to learn to find that find a route to it 
Oh, mate, if, if you don't, like you say, if you don't love yourself, you don't think you're worthy of love. Mm. And then you'll make um, decisions based on that, right? So you choose toxic relationships. You choose to spend time with people who fucking don't value and treat you like shit. Because you treat yourself like shit. So it's just the norm, right? Misery so loves like, company. It's just exactly that, man. So it's just these little things. This little, this tiny, it feels like it's just this voice in the head. But it can spitball and snowball into all these things. And over time, you know... 10 years, 20, how long was I talking to myself like that for? 20 years? Do you know what I mean? Like, it, like 20 years of like living with the school bully. It's like, Brutal. yeah, all right, no wonder I had a fucking breakdown. Do you know what I mean? It just makes so much sense outside of it looking in. But yeah, it's hard. And when you're in it, it feels like the most unnatural thing to to do yeah. you know and you just got to find yeah. a way whether it's like a, a gratitude practice you know like write down three things you, you're grateful for or like about yourself every single day um you know just once a day look in the mirror and just say something nice about yourself or tell you that you love yourself or you know like there's loads of little techniques i'm not really an expert on that sort of stuff but i um, there's loads of things and we just we're not taught it in school and we've got to learn how mm. learn how to do it but it's totally doable like you said yeah. chris to just flick your mindset and it'll be a drip wouldn't it like you know like you might not just wake up and like blink your eyes and go oh yeah that's a simple change it's just even slightly positive thoughts and slightly more practice of gratitude and then actually it gets easier and easier and you actually those other voices disappear and and um choosing different ways to frame things in your head with language I, i found is massively massively important for me like you could say something makes you nervous or you could this is a possibly a bad example but be feeling nervous and feeling excited are basically the same feeling so if you're feeling nervous about a social situation or whatever actually change that so i feel excited but you can do that for other other uh, other things of um of self-worth as well um but if you work on that eventually with practice and repetition you will start you know you'll fake it till you make it it will it will open up mate completely you can retrain Maybe, your brain you know, right? I don't you know, can, yeah. no, no very much so i think no, I think you're bang on there, mate. Yeah, reframing is is huge. You know, you can choose how how to respond, and it, that feels like massive. You know, if you say to someone who's struggling, you know, oh, just like reframe it. It's not going to be, you know, like you can only do this this sorts of stuff, and probably everything I'm going to talk about today, you can only do it on your good days. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, I spoke to um Tasha Danvers, who's a um she's a two-time Olympian, bronze medal winner, um, but she's also a suicide survivor. And she said something she said to me was you have to plan with your well brain for when your brain's sick. Right. Wow. You know, so yeah. when you're in the depths of things, you're not going to be able to reframe anything, you know, because you're just trying to stay alive. You're just trying to like you can't even brush your fucking teeth. But on a good day, that's when you drill down on the on the self-love. That's, that's when right. you speak positive. Mm. That's when you reframe. And then when you when you hit that depth, maybe over time you don't go as deep again, you know. But yeah, that was wow. a, that was a big thing for me. Like, yeah, make a plan with your when your brain's well for when your brain's poorly. That's really good. Never heard that one, mate. I've learned something there. Thank you. Number four, Tom. Number four. Um, number four is community. And um, I think of this because it's really lonely when you're struggling with your mental health. And you pull in, you pull in, you stop seeing people. When you don't love yourself, just to double back a little bit, you you know, you, you stay away from friendship groups, you stay away from human connection because you don't think you're worthy of it, and you lose your place in community. And community isn't like friendship, you know, your friends are something different. Community is just this thing that you're supposed to be a part of. We all come into the world um, completely vulnerable, and it's our ability to connect with other human beings that allows us to get through this life, you know, and that happens at different stages all the way through. And if you don't, have, if you're not part of a community, then not only are you lonely and isolated, but you're not 
you're not part of something that's bigger than yourself. Mm. And that's sometimes really, really important when you're always in your own head. And I think a great example of this was like a couple of years ago during that first big lockdown and all the gyms shut. And so many people exercise for mental health. It's very important. Mental health needs physical support, yeah. right? But you can go to gym, but you can exercise at home. You could lift a few weights. You could go run around the streets instead of the treadmill. It's essentially the same. Your brain doesn't know the difference between a weight in your living room and a weight in the gym. It's not how it works. And yet it wasn't the same, you know? And what, you know, what people were missing is if you always go to the gym on a Tuesday before work, you're probably going to be, bump into the same person behind the counter and you get to know them and you go in, hello, Dave, how's it going? Yeah, not bad. Yeah, you got any of that chocolate protein powder? No, I've only got the strawberry one. I'll give it a miss. Anyway, have a good session. And then you carry on then. And then maybe you ask someone to spot you on the bench press and you have a two minute chat about what reps you're doing. And then like on the way out, you bump into a mate in the car park and you chat for two minutes and then you're in a good mood then. So you stop off at your local coffee shop and it's like the same girl that serves you every time. So you go, oh yeah, yeah, same order. Yeah, nice one. How's your day? Blah, blah, blah. What about them reds? You know, and it's all these like little, little interactions throughout the day are so important to us as human beings. And I, so for me, I moved to somewhere where I'm not from because it's where my wife's from. So I didn't know anyone. I didn't love myself. So I thought that I didn't think people would like me. So I didn't try and make friendships. I had no community. And if my wife like took the kids to her mum's for a weekend, I'd go two days without speaking out loud, mm. you know? And that's so common. Mm. That sounds odd, but it's yeah. really, really not. But being part of a, of a community and being part of something that's that's bigger than you are. It was only 50 years ago. People used to leave their doors open and the neighbours used to wander in and out. I said hello to one of my neighbours in the street the other day. And she looked like looked at me like I had five heads. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even, we don't even know each other's names or, or anything. But we're designed, we come from tribes. Yeah, we're designed absolutely. to have these little interactions, you know, all the time throughout the day. And we come in the house and we shut our front doors and we put the telly on and we have nothing. And I, like over time, that sense of loneliness can creep in can creep in once you start getting isolated you get more and more and more isolated and it just kind of like draws you away from the world it's um it's it's quite strange like hearing this because um I, I've, I've been really lucky with, with my mental health like, and and i've you know as far as i'm i'm aware you know i had, had a few wobbles with sort of eating disorders as, as a younger man but generally i'm you know i've i've, I've I seem to be okay but the last sort of month like I felt really fucking rubbish and I actually said to, to a mate yesterday I said like I'm really lonely <laughs> like uh and I went out with a friend night before last to the pub and right till the last minute I was like I don't want to go I don't want to go out tonight and and I've just spent too much time in my own head and sort of post lockdown just spent a lot of time walking my dog just kind of realizing that and i, I mentioned it to chris i, I don't see anyone I, I do this which is look at people on zoom and i chat to people on zoom but i get out of bed i go downstairs and i work in my front room and i might occasionally come down the shed and, and record a podcast but then I'll start to think about it and I think I haven't been out with friends for like weeks and weeks and like I don't I, and, and it was just really weird and, and it's, it started to kind of really get to me to the point where I've kind of acted on it and, and, and sort of done something sort of positive to try and sort of go, go around that but um, 
Yeah, it's uh, it, it, all of that stuff you're saying there. Is that the the first time uh, that that that's yeah something's like sort of hit home and and it, and it felt really weird yesterday saying like I feel really lonely and like because I don't I see myself as a really sort of sociable person that that doesn't get lonely that's got a good social circle and and uh, you know just starting to realise post like after lockdown and and. I haven't got like a massive circle of people I go out with. I haven't really got anyone I go out with. Um, you know, Chris lives a, a long way away from me. You know, Pip's uh, not sociable. And, uh, <laughs> That's what he says. I see him loads in Margate. Of course. <laughs> no, but like, um, you know, and, and and my mate who I do a podcast with, who's, who's you know, my, my, my best pal, I phoned him the other day. I said, oh, do you want to go out for a beer? And he was like, "Well, we need to record the podcast, so uh, we just have a beer and we do that." And I, and, I, and and not anything against him or, or, or what he said there, but I, I just thought I don't want to record no. the podcast. I, I want to have a because there's mate. an attachment of there is a work thing there, like and it's work. It's in my house again, and it's not yeah. going out and, and and doing something outside of the four walls that that uh, you know that that. that are starting to really sort of do my head in and yeah just sort of you talking about that and loneliness like and it, and it's yeah it's just something that I'm trying to kind of understand at the moment because it's it's uncharted waters for me and I'm not saying that in a chest out oh I don't struggle but and and it yeah it's it's been really fucking strange and and a bit rubbish for the last month now and yeah I'm, you know Something new starts on Monday that I'm hoping is going to ch- take me out of the house. You know, I've literally gone and rented an office to get out and and to to have structure and to get out of the the home because it's uh it's a uh, yeah a very uh, I don't know what like claustrophobic thing and I just find that all I'm doing is like literally not you know just it's just the voice is the voice in my head is the thing that's just resonating at the moment when I'm walking the dog like I'm just thinking to myself and just and I'm not having the conversation with a pal you know that that I would and, and that now lots of exercise I'm doing I'm on my own and like yeah it's it's um I don't really know where I'm going with this but some of the stuff that you said just kind of resonated and, and it was just the word loneliness and yeah I'm not I'm not sort of feeling sorry for myself in any way shape or form but it's just a new feeling that isn't very pleasant and yeah and and I found it really strange sitting in the pub the other night and I wanted to it doesn't help I'm deaf in one ear and that really plays with your head as well and it was so noisy in there and I just didn't want to go to a noisy pub I wanted to talk to my Mm, mate and and I couldn't really talk to my mate so it was like and I just found myself thinking I just want to go home I just want to go home and and post lockdown as well, if I if I kind of pop to I don't know Lakeside or or, or or go somewhere, once I've got what I needed to get, I won't then think oh maybe I'll grab a coffee and just have a walk around. I'm like, I've got to get home. I ain't got to get home. I've got fuck all mm. to get home for. Mm. But it's like no, I better get back and get to work. Mm. And it's like and, and Pip sometimes says you know like have a day off, like, you know, watch a film. Like what you said earlier, Tom, you know, sit on the couch and, like, have a bar of chocolate and watch TV. And it's like, I think we're, you know, a, a lot of people are designed to just think, well, well no, you don't deserve that. You, you, you should be working, man. And it's like, and, yeah, and I think 
ultimately all of that over lockdown has kind of started to sort of catch up with me now and yeah and it's just a lot of what you said last I've got no direction where I'm going with this but yeah just some of that stuff really resonated so I just thought yeah throw throw my two pen of it oh mate yeah and I'm glad you did yeah that's awesome like it's I think so many people will relate to that you know I mean two years of fucking locking in and locking out that's not helped right so it's thrown all our usual support systems Mm. completely out of the window but naturally anyway even without a pandemic like as we journey through life a lot of this stuff naturally falls away so like friendship groups get a lot smaller the friends you have got it's harder to get hold of them because everyone's got kids and jobs and money worries and all this sort of stuff and i just think loneliness is a killer and there's that famous statistic isn't it about like blokes under under 50 is you know the highest um suicide rates you know like as us three sit here and chat now the three of us men are more likely to die by suicide than any other cause right now. That's all three of us. No, you know? no, no, wait, wait. Quickly, Fifth. Chris, do you want to uh, insert joke here, Chris? Go on, son. Get it, get it off your chest. <clears throat> that doesn't Go affect on. Stu, Tom. How old is Stu? <laughs> and then you say, I'm 48, 47, you prick. 48, yeah. Sorry, mate. Sorry. Yeah, it's, okay. it's so, yeah, yeah, so, yeah Tom, so, it, we are. So, so me and Chris are going to die by suicide and, sorry, Stu, all age is going to get you done. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but like part of that as we get older these things fall away and one of those is those friendship groups you know oh, that's God. when loneliness creeps in that's that key period and you know and then also it's not cool right to say i've got no friends it's not cool <laughs> to say i'm i'm lonely so we don't say it i used to say stuff like um you know oh, i don't like people everybody likes fucking people yeah, yeah. if you say you don't like people it's because you don't like yourself <sighs> you don't have to like all the people no. but you should like some yeah. you know because that's what we're here that's what we're here to do. And, you know, we're, we're supposed to connect with others. I used to say, like, oh, I'm, one, I'm like one of life's, um, I'm one of life's uh, solo artists. You know, I don't need a band. That's me. I'm better on my own. I'm stronger on my own. And, like, it's just not true. You know, what I really wanted to say was I'm fucking lonely and I need a, I need a friend. I need a connection. But I couldn't say it because that's not being a bloke, is it? That's not, it's not cool. You know, at school, it all comes from school, right? You're at school. It's Billy Nomates and all that. And you don't want to be Billy Nomates. But I was. I didn't have any friends. And it, like, loneliness is a killer, a straight up killer, man. Yeah, for real. It's, um, it's awesome that you can spot that, Stu, and kind of, like, you know, make little changes to do stuff about it because it's an easy solve. Mm. But I think with a lot of people, they don't realize that it's happening yeah. until it's they're too far down the road, right? And that's yeah. when it gets hard to, I, to sort out. I actually think, Tom, like what you said there um, is, is so true. And, and actually through the, the last four, four or five years, of us being able to have these great chats, um, you can pick that out really much quicker than a lot of people do. And so, you know, it is something that you can be like, okay, all right, I've heard this a few times. Um, what am I going to do? Because because it was the, one of the other massive things is like my friendship group used to be I was well popular Tom you wouldn't you wouldn't even believe how, how how many mates I had but that that shrunk massively by, by the time into my thirties like you said <laughs> shocker <laughs> once people really get to know me the real real me I'm despicable um, but my my friendship group shrunk so much and and it was like I remember living with my mate Cat for a while I'd split up with my partner. And I was, everything was just fucking, everything had fallen apart. And not really too to my fault, but my my, per, my, my, my personal relationships, my work relationships um, and my family and were all just in pieces because of certain events. And I was struggling with that. And, and then also, because I was struggling with that, I also stopped doing other things. And I wasn't maintaining my, my friendship relationships. And then I'd go to work. We ran loads of club nights. I probably had probably had at least one club night a week that I was was 
managing, right, at that point. And I'd go to a club night, and um, I'd be surrounded by people. I'd have a thousand people there, right? But really, if Stu wasn't there, I was and I was entertaining the DJs or whoever guests we had. Come on, but I, I was mates with a sound engineer. That was one of my main contacts at that point in the evening. You think that's not real time? It's not real time with anyone that I, I, I want to spend any time with, and it was really isolating. It's a bit like like Stu. You go to the brush. You actually have got good mates at the brush because you worked there so long. But so many of the other people there. They're not your mates, so they could be quite tr- trying some evenings, can't they? As well, it's like so you go from that really busy thing, but really it's still quite lonely in a way. And then, like you say, Stu, you do all the podcasts, which is, which is, which is great. But yeah, having being able to have that contact, one of my things I love doing, Tom, is getting on a train going into town with Stu, because that thing is me and Stu get to have a laugh, we can dick around, and we can people watch and. And and it's just in, it's just an enjoyable experience, and I well, I don't have that really at the moment. I have like a, I, I do business meetings via Zoom, and so yeah, I'm not where you are, Stu, by any stretch at the moment. I, I, I weirdly I've got other things on that just take my brain into other places, so I haven't had time to really think about that sort of stuff. Um, but I, I just hope that we can um, help you with that, Stu. And I think the whole studio thing, I think is absolutely inc- a really great idea. Um, yeah, I, I really do think it would be great for you, mate. And um, and hopefully we're gonna like we we've been talking Tom about um, starting doing more like expeditions, me and Stu, this year for hardcore listing. Just because I, I really I miss that contact with you, and um, you know I I hope that um, you know you you've you've detected this and we can get get that sorted, mate. Really do. Ready to pop the question. The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Cool. Cool. Number three. Number three, Tom. Yes. Number three, yeah. So, um, and you know what? Just before I finish on community, I'm just going to chuck in an honorable mention there, guys. Um, something that's come up a few times is when you feel like shit about yourself is this would have been number six, I think, for me, if there was more but it's doing something nice for other people, you know? 
And if you're part of a community, you get more opportunities yeah. to be involved in little things, whether it's a little fundraiser, whether it's just like going to your gym to lift some weights to raise money for a charity, whether it's, you know, when we're part of a community and we have these little connections, it gives you opportunities to do something nice for other people. And when you fucking hate yourself and feel like shit about yourself, doing something nice for other people reminds you that you're not all bad, you know? And so that's just like a little um, a little honourable mention that just ties in with... Um, with community but um for number three is creativity and it's something that again as we journey through life it tends to leave us behind you know we give up our our hobbies our pursuits this stuff that's kind of we think of that, that makes us as us you know i've played guitar from when i was like 16 to when i was like 32 and then i had my son and it just stopped mm. you know it just never happened anymore suddenly i was a dad no time for to express myself like that and creativity, like by society, is put into these boxes, which is ironic in itself. But you either have to like draw and paint, make music, or write, and that's it. But creativity, you can you can you can express yourself in so many ways. And I think that modern humans are really fucking repressed, and we don't know how to really tap into, <clears throat> excuse me, tap into the true us and express ourselves, express who we are. And I think all human beings are innately, we're all creative. We're all creative human beings. Fucking hell, man. Our species invented like fire and the wheel and shit, man. We've been at making stuff for ages. And when it's not like painting, guitar or writing, it's not, not considered creative. So we don't do these things. But that allows you to tap into somewhere else in yourself and let more of you out. Express stuff. Experience stuff. Put more of you out there. Make yourself more vulnerable and open to opportunity and you know, life just becomes about watching telly and going to Asda and like ferrying your kids around to fucking netball clubs or whatever, you know, like that creativity is such an important process for what it brings out of us. But also we can learn so much from that process, you know, that this whole thing and you kind of touched on it earlier, Stu, of like we always feel like we need to be working and doing and we're never present, we're never in the moment. And I am, um, uh, well, a friend of mine, she's now a friend, but she calls Steve, uh, Stevie Georgina. And she came on the, the podcast to chat about her experiences. We've become pals. We like hang out and stuff now. But she's really into crochet. And she was um, sectioned. She had undiagnosed bipolar and she got really, really sick and she was sectioned. And then when she came out of hospital, she didn't know what to do with herself. And she took up crochet. And that she talks about how that process of starting something from scratch that's really, I mean, she does like cardigans that take like a fucking year or something, right? So you have to be so dedicated and you can't rush it and just be in that process. And taking one foot in front of the other, doing a little bit each day, staying with it when you don't want to, when it's a little bit boring, and working towards something, and then having this end finished product and saying, wow, look what I created, this is awesome. That's fucking important. That's yeah. almost like describing recovery from mental health, you know? And I think so not only what it brings out of us, how we learn to express ourselves, because we're all fucking repressed, that's why we have to get hammered all the time, that's why we have to you know, blokes who would never fucking sing can go to the football and sing their head off. You know, we have to find these ways to express ourselves and let this energy out. But then the process of creating something, we can also learn a lot how to slow down, be in the moment, apply ourselves. And there's a lot to be learned along that process as well, I think. That's really good, mate. I think we've got this hole in us that doesn't get filled, filled uh, no matter what you buy or eat. And, and I think that nice. I always feel that it gets way closer to being filled when I finish something or you know it might be one of my little warhammer models or it might be fixing the fixing my, my girlfriend's hoover that i broke and 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 once i've done that the rush i get from it is just 
it's just it's just overwhelmingly it's it's just the best feeling. Um, so yeah, wh- whatever way you you, you want to d- express your creativity, writing scripts, I love doing it. I've written I've written a fair few scripts now, all probably awful, um, but I love doing it. The, the idea of once I finish it and I've completed a story, a whole story, ninety minute movie, it just it just feels amazing. Uh, yes, yeah, so I think that that one. And, and, yeah, and, and I say and this all the time. Go on. sorry, mate. Sorry, oh, mate. Sorry, I just jumped it. in on you there. But, um, <laughs> no, no. I say this all the, all the, all the time. Um, we think that creating something that it has to be good it doesn't have to be good. Like who's <laughs> fucking who's? Do you know what I mean? If you're happy with your script, it's fucking good. And what yeah. you've got from the process is important. Oh, yeah, it doesn't absolutely. really fucking, you know. And if you think that anyone's ever wrote a script or done a painting and wrote a song hasn't got like years worth of shit in a fucking diaries and fucking art studios, man, that's how you do it, right? That's how you express yourself. You've got to get the good out and the bad yeah. as well, eh? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think a lot of yours have got a similarity, right? So if you look at community, uh, even you're doing doing good for other people and creativity. A lot of the time, I feel that with my mental health. Um, the more I'm looking at my, myself, I'm not saying you ignore yourself. It's not what I'm saying at all, right? But like um, they say it with snowboarding. Sorry, Stu, to to bring in a uh, my my my, um, uh, my rad behaviour. But you're a shit snowboarder if you're looking at the floor in front of you. If you're looking down at your snowboard, you're gonna fall over because this this fixation on yourself isn't very useful when you're snowboarding. You need to look forward. And, and like, I think like that with creativity, without, uh, with adopting responsibility, um, all these things that require you to go and do something over here for that person, or I'm, I'm, I'm doing this thing here, actually helps me loosen up some of the anxiety of constantly staring at myself and self-analyzing myself. And that, that, that bully voice gets is much quieter in those phases. And actually, like it's really interesting what you said. Um, um, that that um, your friend said about it's, it's once that not, when when you're sort of like feeling a bit better, that's when you can start doing something about it. Well, you know, once I've done once I've done that, even if it's like meditation or whatever, once I can calm myself and I can get a bit of quiet, then that's when you can sort of like you know rebuild and 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 plan and 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 look towards yourself. So yeah, creativity or any of these things, they do take your mind away from from those sort of uh, self-analytical problems that you can have. Not, it's not a lot. I'm not trying to do, like, say, like, alcohol. Alcohol just cuts off your feelings, right? It's just there to numb everything. And then once you sober up, those feelings come back. I, I, I'm not trying to use creativity or any of those things to do that. It's just a much more wholesome way, healthy way of sort of me healing, I guess, without having to yeah. look at myself directly. Yeah, 100%. I, I recently started doing a lot of colouring in. Um, I spoke to um, a wonderful woman called Joanna Bassford on, on my podcast, and she's pretty much widely considered the person who invented grown-up colouring books. Um, she sold like 20 million books worldwide or something. And it, we, we actually, I knew her from years ago. Um, and afterwards, she sent me a load of stuff. And I've been like colouring every night. And it the busy bit of my brain, my conscious brain, the bit that does all the thinking, the worry, the anxiety, all that sort of stuff. When I'm colouring, it's just enough to distract that yeah, voice. Absolutely. Without like meditation, you're almost trying to like avoid that voice or sit with it. And I don't want to sit with it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And I just distract it. And while that voice is distracted, the other part of my brain just kind of 
drift yeah. and it's always after like an hour of coloring when i look at the clock and i go wow i can't believe i've done an hour of this mm. you know like just in flow state and then quite often after that that's when i'll have a really good idea mm. you know like i'll be like oh i should message this person about my podcast or what if i put this out on instead of that one you know because my brain's had a chance it's not in that loop of like you know like anxiety i'm nervous go 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 or you know it just distracts it enough to let the other bit just do its thing man and coloring in is a creative process we don't count it because someone else has done the drawing and kids do it but you know like we're naturally innately creative um creative people great shout i think it's um <clears throat> it's important to get the balance right on, on that um you know I, I would say like you know podcasts are, are, are very creative uh and and it's really weird because i like every day I, I throw myself into that mm. whether it be any of the podcasts I do, the artwork for the podcasts I do, the artwork for the clubs that, you know, I do and like and everything that I guess most like ninety nine percent of my job is very creative and 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 kind of thrown out there, you know, for to, to be listened to or, you know, judged or, or however you want to look at it. And I think what I've also, I think it's important to get the balance right so you're not defined by that. Um, because that's something that I, I think, sometimes I think, well, if you didn't listen to a, the podcast or enjoy that, or you didn't come to the club, or you didn't like this flyer that I designed, like, who am I without any of that? Like, am I just pretty fucking dull? And like, have I not got anything to actually say for myself other than the creative elements that are now, that, you know, starting to kind of dominate what starts as a distraction? Like, I, I throw myself into that because I don't think about anything else when I'm doing that. And I just, yeah, and sometimes I don't want to kind of, I'm not going against what you oh, said, Tom. Yeah, like, but it's just trying to make sure that, like, all of a sudden you don't get defined by that. And like, and and that becomes, you know, people's perception of who you are, and it's like, because it's all bollocks. It's you know, the podcast is, you know, I love doing the podcast, but y you know, it's th there's also other sort of depths to people, isn't there? And like, and I think sometimes when that's all you've been doing through through lockdown, you start to think, hang on a minute, is the the fella that that ain't doing all of that pretty fucking got nothing to say for himself? And like, it's that's been another thing that so I'm really bringing this down today. Sorry, no, I'm, like, I'm just trying you've to got sort to say of it, man. It, it, no, I mean, that's like, a really valid point. Mm. Really, really valid point, man. Like that, yeah. Again, he's, I was, uh, also I'm nearly fifty, so I'm taking stock of a lot of things, mm. and and you know, you, you you just wonder, you know, I guess you have a lot of reflection as you get to to that age of like, you know, where am I going? What have I done? And yeah, it's 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 and it, it's something that sometimes I'm aware that I might post something or do something I just think like aside from any of that like have I, have I got anything else to say and it's like and and yeah I, I don't again I don't really know where I'm going with this but just a few of them things just trigger things about creativity because so much of what I do is in that field and I love it I mm. love creating stuff in you know whatever it may be and and you know that the, the purpose of setting up this studio is, is because i want to really push the creative elements of what i do but 
yeah, sometimes when you just sort of sit there and, and you've just got them, that, you know, I keep wanting to say voices, that voice uh, in my head, you know, when you when I'm walking the dog or whatever, you just think like, yeah, this guy's fucking boring, man. <laughs> like, you know, the, the, the guy that, you know, has, has a good crack on these podcasts, he's like, you can't maintain that, can you? That's that's not sustainable. You know, you, you, you've got to be a bit more happy with a person when all that's stripped a- away. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? A, a, a yeah, good mate man. of mine, Stu, he um, was defined by his job. And actually, weirdly, it's, it's a concept that I heard like in my early 20s, early to mid-20s. And it's this idea that people, some people feel like they're defined by their job. They want to be. So that's why some people get really hung up on job title. I don't know if you've ever seen it. But I've seen people compete, like argue over job titles, because they that's that 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 for them was um, like affirming, and they would tell people I'm this position, and it really did define them. But the thing I've always noticed with that, and thankfully I like not thankfully I don't really wish this on anyone. I saw it happen, and for me it was like watch out for that, because once that goes. You're then faced with what my left. I thought I, I pinned me on that, and you're not that, and that's and it's very true, Shu. You're not just your, you know, uh, it's, you're not just your podcast or what you put out on 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 social media and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I, I I don't know I I don't know what the the solution the solution is. I think it's good that you you you're bringing it up, and I'm sure there's there's some mm. wisdom out there that will. Uh, it's a, it's a it's a it's a widely talked about subject issue. There's definitely some real good nuggets of wisdom. Unfortunately, you're not going to get them from um, a guy who looks like a you know a cheap imitation of Conor McGregor. But um, I just, per- personally, I just I thought I, you were going to go cat weasel uh, then and uh, uh, and be a bit more self-deprecating. But no, you you, you still set the bar quite high. What a, a man who beats old men in bars. Yeah. That <laughs> well, I think uh, he was he was more a ste- more, more you know more more, more the kind. Oh of, no, I'm uh, ripped. Look I'm ripped. I, I can't think, I can't yeah. lie. Yeah. Um, I'm ripped. I've got wicked tattoos. They're just all of moles. Yeah. Um, I think um, yeah, right now you look like you could be selling lentils at a festival. <laughs> My mate, Greg, my mate Greg downstairs when I came down his t-shirt went, "Oh, wicked man! When did you make that?" <laughs> I just thought that's, that's a very good, <laughs> it's a very good cane, Greg. Well done. <laughs> when did you make that? Oh, nineteen ninety two. When I was a roadie for the Levelers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh god, but it's like, I, 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 how how do I do that? I guess I haven't allowed it to define. I just don't care enough for it to define me. Um, I think again, balance is like I think it's okay to care about things. <laughs> I think it's okay to want to set goals for yourself. And sometimes I've been too nonchalant with that, Stu. Like sometimes I uh, unhealthily it is to be too like I, I don't have any sometimes any goals. I, I forget to structure things. But um, but a wonderful benefit of it is that um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not having those. I'm not asking those questions. But am I without podcasting or any other things to do? Am I? Am I? Am I boring? And it, it really peels back to this self-love thing that I think Tom was saying. Like, you know, because um, I don't think I am um, for better or for worse or whatever anyone else thinks of me. I'm sure there's a big long list. I'm all right with all that, and I'm I'm okay with my character. Without, I don't feel like I have to do something to prove that to anyone else. I don't have to do a kind deed to prove I'm a nice person or whatever, or um, v- vice versa. And and 
I mean, Stu, you you are you're not you're none of those things. Like, yeah, you do loads of podcasts, but personally, just looking at you, I saw you post a response to someone on Facebook the other day. It made me crack up. That wasn't that wasn't about your podcast. You just said something quite witty and understated, but I heard it in your voice. I was like, that's really funny. It was about um, how someone was slagging off the doors. And it was your first mm. comment where you explained why they were so exciting and interesting, right? And then it was just something, another thing you said after, I can't even remember what you said, and it really made me chuckle. So obviously it wasn't that funny. No, it, it really made me chuckle. Oh, and it's no, like, I, it, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I just remember what you said. Go on, what was it? Yeah, I just broke, I, I broke down ha, ha, what a great pop band yeah, they yeah. were. And then I said, I don't really care much for the spiritual side of things, but it was around the time where I imagined the drugs were really boring. <laughs> I mean, like that's just your normal. That's your normal cat. That's nothing. There's nothing boring about that, Stu, uh, uh, or mm. you. And and so yeah, you know, just as a friend, just as because you made a casual comment about it, my casual observation observation is, I think the people who know you don't see you as that, as like a podcast or anything like that. They see you for the prick you are. If that's any use, thank you. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> Let me just make a quick note of that. How, how do you prick? Yeah. Prick. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll text you it later. <laughs> yeah, so Number two, Tom. <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to jump back on that. I know I'm like I'm taking ages today, but it's I really fine. that really res- resonated me, with me, Stu. And something that played a huge part in my own um, stuff was I used to have a job and I fucking hated it. And I used to think, how can I get out mm. of here and do something that's going to fulfill me? And I looked around my life, and at that time, I was doing shitloads of yoga. And yoga was how I expressed myself through my body and um i'd go to the hangout with the yoga studio and that was my community so i trained to be a yoga teacher and then i set up a business where i teach people to move i do some yoga i do some sports rehab all this sort of stuff so my hobby my release from modern life became my job and then i had to do it every fucking day and jobs get really repetitive even when you love them and i had nothing you know so i took everything i loved monetized it and then i didn't have another outlet so i think that thing you say now it can be really important to you can be a really creative person, have a really creative job, and then it's finding that that outlet that's just for you. You know, that isn't public property, that isn't going to pay you anything. That 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 way of maybe like tapping into that in a different a different area. You know, get your get your warhammers out with Chris or something like that, mate, and uh, <laughs> just just balance it balance it out. You know, because that the, when I started podcasting, that's this is my form of creativity because I I don't get paid for it. You know, and I saw a really interesting thing on social media the other day, and it said, when you start a podcast, decide whether you're doing it for fun or whether you're doing it as a job. Because if you don't have a clear definition, you're going to be disappointed. Mm. And I thought that's so fucking true, you know. And like, whenever I get down in the dumps about my podcast and like not doing what I want it to, it's because oh yeah, because I've started giving a fuck about downloads. That's not why I started it, (laughs) you know. So yeah, sometimes having something in your life separate to the other creative stuff, then that can like balance that out, you know. um, yeah, that just really, really resonated with me, what you said. And, do yeah, it. Do something for you, mate. Point. That self-love. Find that pearl of great price. What do you like? And just do that, you know, as long as it's not strangling stray cats, because that'll take you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365 day returns. I wear, trust me, that'll take you nowhere good. What's, uh, what's your number two, Tom? <laughs> uh, number, number two is authenticity. And I think that we are forced to live, uh, whether we know it or not, in really unauthentic ways. Yeah. And it's something that comes up more than anything on my podcast in a myriad of different ways, whether it's jobs or relationships or mindset or anything that people live in ways that are not, they have no, people have no idea who the fuck they are. I had no idea. I'd lost sight of me and I made loads of decisions based on that and ended up doing loads of stuff that didn't align with my values. And the only way I can think of saying it is that you can only like push a fucking, was it a round peg for a square hole or whatever. You can only do that for so long before something breaks. Mm. And when we're trying to live, I had a job, right? I used to work for the NHS. I worked in this big That's why I'm getting my circumcision, years. by the way. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> trying to fit in things. Anyway, sorry, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, carry, carry on. It's really well, inappropriate. Yeah. Well, if you can't change the hole, you've got to change the shape, right? That's how it works. <laughs> So, yeah, so I used to work for the NHS. There was a massive, great big open plan office, about 30 or 40 people in there, and it was horrible. And like, I had to wear a shirt and tie, and I'm not really a shirt and tie person. No disrespect to anyone who is, but it wasn't for yeah. me. Blame culture was rife. You know, if oh. anything went wrong, oh. everyone was looking out how to it. how to blame people. Blame storming. If you, yeah, man. And if you, if you spoke a bit loud, someone would put a complaint in. If you made a joke and one person didn't think it was funny, you know? So I started to overthink everything mm. you know i think of a really good one-liner i wouldn't want to say it i'd kind of every time i made the smallest mistake i'd beat myself up i was living so inauthentically i yeah. wasn't being me yeah. i was going to work every day dressed as someone else behaving like yeah. someone else wow. and over time i completely lost sight of myself i didn't know who the fuck i was you know on top of all that i've got this bad voice in my head telling me i'm shit i'm isolating myself from fucking community so i've got no mates do you know what i mean i'm not having any creative pursuits and i'm pretending to be someone else every day just people pleasing you know and mm-hmm. over time that is it's it's awful living authentically just has this such negative effect but we don't know what our values are we don't know a lot of people don't even know what they are society tells us our values and we just live in line with someone else's values and even saying it like that you can kind of like i can say it like that and i can feel why it wouldn't be very nice and why over time that's massively gonna impact your your mental health you know yeah because you're because your inner i think your inner self is telling you something and you're you're basically ignoring it and you're doing something and you're like this ain't me this ain't me this ain't me this ain't me i've i sent pips and really like sad messages in my mid-20s when i was working in offices like getting the train home at like nine o'clock at night. I'd had a couple of drinks in Canary Wharf or whatever. And it was all right. But all the time I was going, this is wasted time. This is wasted time. And and I was unha- I was unhappy for all those reasons that you were saying. So I was like, this isn't, this really isn't me. Um, Yeah. And, and yeah, I think um, trying to be authentic does, op- listening to that, I was just saying that just a minute ago, listen to that little pearl of great price in you that tells you who, who you are and, and, and help that navigate you to to where to where where you want to go it's uh, not an immediate process yeah, but you'll feel it will reward you but it ties back again to something you said earlier tom about being vulnerable and daring to be vulnerable um you've got to in life you've got to you've got to take you've got to take those sort of risks but the weird thing is most of the time it, after you do it you realize it wasn't a risk at all it was like the only thing you should have done because, like, you, you put yourself out there. Most people, whether it's a mental health struggle that you're having, 
that you will find your group of people, you will find that your voice can get heard. Like you've just got to have faith that people, people will. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and be authentic. What, however that looks. And again, something you said earlier about people ticking predefined boxes of society and like, there's, if they're not within those boxes, people do struggle with operating outside of them. It's all, all about creative thinking and thinking. But eventually, new boxes get created. Um, so it's just that there's a lot of people who can't, because it's not structured, they can't see beyond it. You might have to create your own new box, and that's absolutely fine. We've all got our own box. There's just you in that box. Um, you just got to be brave enough and authentic enough to face that and and um it will reward you it will reward you that little voice will go yeah well done even if yeah. it was um, or, yeah yeah authenticity it's just it's just key most people don't know what their values are and like work out what those values are your intrinsic inner values and i'd a um uh, uh dr ellie harper came on with me and she's the human flow psychologist and she was telling me about this process and she was saying that your subconscious brain can't process contradiction so if consciously mm. you're doing things that don't sit right with you your subconscious brain can't handle it and it drains it of energy so not energy like the energy you need to like go to the gym or go for a walk that emotional mm. energy and when that emotional tank gets emptied you're so susceptible to whether it's depression or you know anything that's going to creep in there when you're at your lowest and if you're if you're saying things that your subconscious brain knows not to be true. You know, if you're calling yeah. people on actions that you're yourself are doing, but not owning up to them, you're draining that tank. Your subconscious can't handle it. And if you're having to show up at a job every day and put a brave face on, it's no different to when I was like depressed. And like I, on two occasions, I nearly took my own life. And um, I'd be planning that and then going to work and people say, how are you? And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah I'm good. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, yeah, not bad. And like, I just spent like 20 minutes, like planning on what I was going to do. And then as soon as I'd see someone, I'd just switch, flick that switch. And that's exactly the same as whether it's a job, a relationship, whether it's just how you are around your friends. You know, if you make these decisions, like based on stuff that's not true to who you are, you will put yourself in situations that are really, really hard for you to, to cope with. And that's why your brain doesn't, doesn't like it. Yeah, it's tough. Great, great. I'm loving this top five, Tom, I've got to say. Oh, thank really you. Good. Thank you very much. Pretty heavy for a Saturday morning. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Really, really it's, interesting. Well, well Stu's brought it down a lot. Let's let's be honest. Um no, I think I think it's great. I really do. And uh yeah. Um shall we do the shall we do okay. the number one? Let's do it, man. Let's so yeah. yeah, the number one the number one it, it just ties all this together, um, is vulnerability. And in the in the mental health conversation, we're all told to talk. You know, that's all people say is talk, talk, talk. No one tells us how, you know, no one tells us who to. No one says how fucking hard it is to talk about this stuff. You know, saying, you know, saying just talk about it, it doesn't help, you know. To access that level of vulnerability and put this stuff out there is really, really hard work. But it's where all of this stuff ties together. It's when you can start learning about things and start to just embrace like who you are and put it all out there and like i kind of touched on earlier i didn't tell anyone what was going on with me because i thought it would push them away and once i opened up firstly i got the help that i fucking needed you know so i managed to start getting well and then it pulled people in i'm closer with my wife because 
we've talked about really fucking horrible stuff. I'm a better dad because I admitted that I wasn't being a very fucking good one. I'm better at my job because I can I can connect with the people I work with on a fucking deeper level because it's all out there, you know? It's like, to be truly vulnerable, I think it's like um, Eminem at the end of 8 Mile. You know when he says, like, yeah, I'm skin, you've, like, you know, you've shagged yeah. my girl, I'm a terrible rapper, and the guy's got nothing to say, mm. you know? And to, just to really, really just just get into this stuff it helps but it's a skill to be learned and it's not it's not easy being vulnerable is not easy and every cell in your body is telling you to keep this shit secret but if you can be truly vulnerable about yourself and particularly about your mental health then you can get the fucking help that you need to get and it all starts with being able to to open up in a in a vulnerable way you've articulated that beautifully mate yeah 100 percent Hundred percent. Um, <clears throat> just found this to be like absolutely like like just really fucking wonderful, Tom, and like really, um, yeah, kind of. Uh, I've learnt a lot from this man. Oh, mate. Like, um, yeah, you said lots of things that are going on in my head at the moment that I'm trying to kind of uh, <laughs> try and make head not tail of, and there's there's lots of positives there that. Uh, yeah, I've, I've definitely learned a lot from from this today. So, thanks loads, man, for 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 doing this. Oh, mate, thank you for having me. And you know, anything I've said today, it's all come from like conversations with other people. None of this is me. I ain't, um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I know um, expert. You know, I'm just a guy who had a rough time and then like been vulnerable enough to talk about these conversations. You know, like vulnerable enough to speak to people on a deeper deeper level and this is the stuff that that comes out on my on my podcast this is my way of scraping it all together but um they're all things i've applied to myself as part of my own, own recovery and yeah I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed man thank you for having me it's been fucking awesome and it's been really cool in terms of self-love you you just said that you've managed to scrape it all together i would say that you you should look at that as you you've wonderfully packaged that up and presented it to us in a very neat top five that you should be very impressed <laughs> with <laughs> thank you mate that well reframed i just did all the stuff tonight at the, t- at the start there you go I've you're a my fucking own... hypocrite tom <laughs> <laughs> let's go Stu. i've learned nothing what a waste of time <laughs> every time you said the word self-love i was thinking was it 35 or 45,000 wanks? <laughs> I was trying to remember the actual number that you come up with. We've had people come up to us in the clubs, Tom, and be like, we've discussed this. There's no way you've had 30,000 wanks. I'm like, have you come all the way into London to pick me up on something I've said on the podcast? Yeah, actually, it's 35,001, so yeah, exactly. more for you. Because <laughs> I'm going to think of you tonight. <laughs> So, Tom, if um, <clears throat> if listeners are hardcore listening, which I'm sure now are going to go and um, check mm. out your podcast if they haven't already, is there an episode, Tom, that you'd say, do you know what, go and check this one out because this this is the one that I feel is a great introduction and gives you a really good kind of cross-section of what I'm trying to do with this podcast? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. Um, I think probably any of them, really, to be honest. Um, the the one with my wife's really good. We got really, really good feedback about that. There's one somewhere around the 20s with a guy called Mikey Kitter Roof, and I was always really proud of that one because we just sit down and just, just chat, just chat about It's not really a story. We just chat about mental health, and that's quite a deep one. That's a nice one. Um, but to be honest with you, like some of the people I've had on are just truly incredible, inspiring human beings. Um, I've got one coming up, actually, that I will recommend. It's with a guy called Michael Byrne, and he's got a um, 
by a company called Lived Experience Trauma Support. His story has to be heard to be believed. I've never heard anything like it in my life. And yet, once his life story moves into his mental health story, his mental health story is the same as mine, almost to the year. And yet for me, no trauma in my life. You know, I was just, you know, not being creative, not being part of the community, or, you know, chipped to chipped to chipped away until I got ill. Whereas this guy had a life that you couldn't possibly believe. And we ended up in the same place. And I love that episode so much because it just shows that there's no hierarchy in mental health. You know, one of the reasons I never asked for help is like, well, there must be someone sicker than me. They deserve it more. And yeah, so Michael's story, that's going to be out in a couple of weeks. That's like episode 60 or something. And um, he's a wonderful, wonderful man. And it's a, a great story. And just the way he ties it all up together. He never told anyone he was struggling because he thought no one would believe him. Hmm. And I never told anyone I was struggling because I thought no one would care. Yeah. And wow. it's just the two complete opposites, but the same story. And that's a really good example. Yeah, that's coming out too with Michael Byrne. Well, what we do is... Um... Yeah, if when, when Chris puts the bio together for this episode, we'll put uh, a link in there so people can go and um, find the podcast if they haven't found it already and subscribe uh, and and yeah and check out the the back catalogue and look forward to hearing um, the uh, the episode with um, it's Michael Byrne. Michael it? Byrne, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Tom, honestly, thanks so much for today, mate. It's been such it's been a, a a lovely chat, man. Oh, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much for having it. It's been a real um yeah real real pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Cheers, man. Thanks, mate. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Our Core Listing, the podcast.